So you may have listened to my previous podcast and be saying, okay, Jenny, I'm on board with my illness starting in my subconscious, but how do I find what is in my subconscious that is contributing to my symptoms? And that is a great question, and I would like to expand on that how today by giving the exact four-step plan that I take my students through in the Mind Body Rewire program. These four steps not only set the stage for my program, but they also simplify the whole process, which as you know, that is what I'm all about, keeping healing simple. I will go into depth with each step, and by the time you're done listening to this podcast, you will know the exact steps you need to take in order to have long-lasting healing. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Simplify Your Healing podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Peterson, a mind-body coach teaching those with chronic illness how to heal and get back their life using their mind. I am super pumped to have this podcast today because a common question that I get asked is, what do you teach in your program? While I wish that was a one-paragraph answer, it's not. It's really hard to explain what my program is about in a short answer. But I want to start off by saying that what I teach in my program is like no other. And how do I know this? Because I have taken the others. Yes, I have spent oodles of money, just like you, trying all the programs out there. I have done the do-it-yourself brain retraining programs and have had the one-on-one coaching with so many modalities that I can't fit one more modality in my brain. It was after trying to piece all of these programs and modalities together that I realized there were really only four steps that are needed to heal. While some of the programs out there touch on one or two of these steps, they are only a piece of the puzzle. None of them touch on all four steps that I address in the Mind Body Rewire program. And by only doing one or two of these steps that I teach, you will end up with short-term success. I like to say that it's half-assing it, and I don't like to half-ass anything. I like things to be simple but effective. I want to create things of quality that last long-term. I don't like quick, easy fixes because they are deceiving and give people false hope. My work is deeply transformational, and because of that, it offers long-term success. The primary objective of the Mind Body Rewire program is to guide clients to healing themselves. I, nor my coaches, do your healing. We are your teachers. We teach you the power that you have to heal that is already within you that you are not quite aware of yet. Ultimately, you heal you. This not only gives you confidence to conquer anything in your life, but also teaches you that you don't need anything outside of you to heal. Now, this isn't to say that you need to avoid surgery or procedures or your doctor. It means that you are so confident with your ability to heal that if those things are needed, that you go into it with trust. Let's dive into my four-step plan to healing chronic illness using your subconscious mind. The four specific steps are number one, learn. Number two, identify. Number three, release. And number four, rewire. I'm going to go into depth with each and every one of those steps, starting obviously with step one, which is learning. Now, this step might be obvious of what it is, but it is definitely worth expanding on because as much as we want to skip this learning process or this learning step and get to the goodies, I want to remind you that a strong house starts with a solid foundation. 
Students often want to cruise quickly through this section of the program because they think they have learned all about the mind by the time they have gotten to this work. And this is often the case since most people come to me have already tried all the options and have already dipped their toes into some type of brain retraining. Now, it's not to say that that information isn't accurate. It just doesn't go as in-depth with the biological understanding of the mind and body that is necessary to understand what is happening with your symptoms. So for the first 10 days of the program, step one, we take a deep dive into where illness starts on a biological level. It's with that solid foundation of understanding where illness starts that we are always able to pull you back to that foundational work when things may come up later in the program. And when it comes later up in the program, we go, remember what you learned in that step number one? Remember, we need to bring that back into focus because it's that foundational work that keeps it simple and it brings everything back to focus when we kind of get off track. So some of what I covered during that step one of learning, I discuss in episode number two and number three of my podcast. So if you haven't listened to episode number two and number three, which are There's Nothing Wrong With You, as well as The Root Cause to Illness, those are the two. Uh, those will be a great listen to if you want to get a feel for what I do in step one, because that's basically what we cover in a nutshell. So step one is all about learning, and it's about 10 days in my program. My pro- my Mind Body Rewire program is a six-month program, so it's just 10 short days to where we really create this solid foundation of understanding of what is going on in your body, why your symptoms uh, are or where your symptoms start from to begin with. So then step two is all about identifying. This is where really for me, the fun starts. The fun starts because you can't fix what you don't know is a problem. Even though you think your problem is your symptoms, it's really not. Your problem is not your symptoms, even though it feels that way. Your symptoms are only messengers of what is going on in your mind. So you have to be a detective to determine what is going on in your mind. And being a detective starts with awareness. You need to learn what it's like to be you. The first phase of the identify step is doing some awareness exercises. And this includes keeping a notebook near you and writing down your thoughts throughout the day. Most people already know that they have negative thinking patterns, but this exercise takes it to the next level, really putting it in your face. And from doing this exercise, you're able to identify old thinking patterns and behaviors Things like overthinking, perfectionism, body checking, and thinking about your symptoms are some of the most common. And it's this exercise that it's not just one day, we do it for uh, about a week, that you start to train your brain to become more aware. And you're building up that awareness muscle. And the stronger you make that awareness muscle, the more you become become observant of you, become the observer of you, be able to see what it's like to be you instead of just going through the motions and, and being who you are every single day and not being able to catch those patterns, your awareness muscle, the stronger it gets, the more you're going to be able to identify the stuff, the better detective you will be. So phase two of the identify step is where we take it a definitely a step further of what it's like to be you. Because if you want things in your life and health to change, you have to change what it's like to be you. I know I say that a lot. 
Uh, but it, it's true. You have to know who you are, what it's like to be you. What are your patterns? What are your habitual things that you're doing on autopilot? You have to figure that out. Otherwise, it's just going to be running on autopilot and you're just going to think, oh, this is just me. There's nothing I need to do about me to change me. I need to go outside of me. No, we need to figure out what it's like to be you and then we can help to fix what is those patterns that are showing up, what we can do to change those patterns of what it's like to be you. And so we first identified the beliefs that you have about your illness, your symptoms and healing. Now, common ones that I see are, I can't heal, my illness is incurable, there's something wrong with me. So if you don't debunk these beliefs, they will run the show. And all that hard work that you do to heal will be overridden by these beliefs. It really is pointless to do any work if you have these type of beliefs. So that first and foremost step, after we already just got the basics done, is first and foremost, we need to identify these beliefs that you have about your illness, about your healing, about your symptoms. Then after we do that, we are then going to tailor the work to your symptoms. Each of your symptoms has a specific biological conflict within your brain. This keeps things so simple and leaves out any guesswork. This, again, is why I love German New Medicine. And your coach works with you to help identify the original conflict, meaning your coach, meaning me or one of my coaches, helps to work with you to identify that original conflict that happened that is linked to your symptom. So then we take it a step further by addressing that conflict within your present time now. Because you can address past memories, but if you don't change the patterns that you are doing in the present moment that are connected to that original conflict, the cycle will continue. That cycle of conflict is going to continue. So I'm going to give you an example of what this looks like. Say that a student has a symptom of restless leg syndrome. This symptom is directly linked to what is called a motor conflict, which means feeling stuck. So we would direct the student to identify any memories where she felt stuck just prior to her symptoms showing up. And it can come from physically being stuck, held down, unable to move, or incapacitated in some way or emotionally feeling stuck in a job or a place you don't want to be, or not being able to escape a place or an uncomfortable situation, being unable to get away from an undesirable living social, family, or occupational situation. Or it could be finding yourself between a rock and a hard place or feeling that your hands are tied, forced into a situation. So if a student is unable to identify the event that made them feel that way, we have other ways of finding that, but most people can identify those conflicts that happen just prior to their symptom pretty easily, especially when we can narrow it down to this is this is what that conflict is. Now, you know, take a look at what was happening in your life and if there were any events that resonate with you with this feeling. So from there, we take it to the present moment. Once we identify the memory that was the original conflict, then we have to go into, okay, in the present moment, what things in your home environment, people, situations make you feel stuck? These are what you call, you know, triggers, also called tracks in your subconscious. And by identifying these, you can consciously make different choices when these triggers show up, stopping the feeling stuck conflict from continuing. So, We stop the feeling stuck feeling that comes from the event where it started, 
And then we also have to stop that feeling stuck feeling now because most likely you still feel it in some way. And it's in your daily habits. It's in your thinking processes. That feeling stuck feeling needs to be addressed for the present moment stuff too. And we have to stop that continual cycle from going. Otherwise, this um, symptom that is showing up, this restless leg syndrome, will be activated when you have a trigger. And we don't want that. We don't want you to feel better and then get triggered and have a symptom again. It's okay. Here's where what your triggers are connected to feeling stuck. Now let's do something about that to have a different perspective around those. And then, so once we do that, next we go into identifying the payoff, which is contributing to your symptoms. This is an area that some people get mad and some people just simply don't understand it first when I say that there's a payoff for being sick. Now, the payoff is all about uh, benefits a person is getting from being sick. Now, you might say, Jenny, there is no benefit to me being sick. And from a conscious perspective, this might be true. And this may feel harsh on another level as well as, you know, why are you telling me that there's a benefit to being sick? But I want you to go back to what I taught you about the subconscious in previous episodes. Remember that it's always wanting to keep you safe. The subconscious, its job is to keep you safe. So for any reason it feels that getting well is unsafe, then it will stay sick just to keep you safe. I know it doesn't sound logical and it doesn't sound like why on earth would this be, you know, something that my brain is doing. But remember, the subconscious just doesn't know the difference. It doesn't know the difference is something that is good or bad. It just, its whole role is to feel safe. So that safety is its number one concern. We have specific questions and tools to help identify your payoffs. But one simple question that you can ask to help identify it would be this. If I get well, what will I have to do that is scary or uncomfortable? So I will tell you specifically a couple of the payoffs that came up for me when I was sick. One of them was the fear of getting well again, doing too much, burning myself out, and getting sick again. That was one of them for me. That was a pattern that I was scared of. That was something that was I knew that on, on some conscious level is I'm I'm a person that's an overachiever. I'm a you know a workaholic. These things are going to show up and I don't want that to happen again because that's how I got sick. The other was that I would have to get a job that I didn't like just to bring in money. Now, when I was sick and before I got sick, I sold my health and wellness store. I didn't have a business to go back to and I didn't want to work for anybody else. I, in fact, actually tried to go to work for somebody else when I was feeling a little bit better and ended up calling in sick all the time. I hated going to that job because being an entrepreneur my entire life and working for somebody else was honestly miserable for me. So the idea that if I got well, I would have to just go to another job just to bring in money. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to work for anyone else, being that I'm always have been my you know own own boss and working for someone else was something that I wasn't excited to do at all. So those were some of the biggest ones for me is those were the payoffs that if I asked my, myself the question, if I get well, what will I have to do that is scary or uncomfortable? Those were the first things that came up. There were a couple other ones that I know came up, but they're off the top of my head. I can't remember them, but those were the top three that I can recall. I'll repeat the question. I want you to think about it and just answer the question as quickly as you can. The more you think about these type of questions, because these are subconscious questions. 
the more you think about them, the more the logic kicks in. So just immediately roll off your tongue, you know, what comes to mind. The question is, is if I get well, what will I have to do that is scary or uncomfortable? I'll just give you a little bit of time to think about it, but not too long to let your logic get in there. All right, so common answers that I see here outside of the ones that I just gave for myself is I will lose my disability payments. Big one here, okay? Especially if if you've been on disability for a long time, getting off that disability is scary and it is something where you've depended on that and, and not know what's going to happen if you go back to work. You know, are you going to be able to have reliable income? That holds people so tightly to the illness that I want you to really think about that because it's super powerful for holding you and keeping you sick and stuck. It's a hard, harsh reality. And it's sometimes like I'm putting this right in your face. But as a coach, we have to be able to pull these patterns and these beliefs and these you know, negative programs that are getting in the way of your healing. And these are majorly crucial to this, okay? The other thing is I would have to leave my relationship, a very common one, whether, you know, if a person is in a bad relationship, bad marriage, or they've been wanting to leave and um, they only stayed because it's comfortable to, more comfortable to stay than it is to leave. Uh, If they would get healthy, they maybe would get kicked out or that person that they're living with would say, okay, you're healthy now, you need to leave. Um, Another one is I would have to have sex with my spouse. Very common one that I see, especially from women. Saying that you don't feel well is an easy way to get out of having sex with your spouse. So that would be another one. I would have to set boundaries with family members or speak up. Oh, this is a big one. was a big one for me as well, is to set boundaries with my family members or be able to say something that was on my mind or speak up and or do something in my life that I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to go do this. And even though it was weird to my family, you know, it stopped me. It was, well, this doesn't, it, feel, it makes me feel like I'm an, out, I'm an outsider. And that was uncomfortable. And if I got well, that means I'd either have to go work for somebody else, which was even more uncomfortable, or do what I absolutely love to do, which is really what I'm doing right now, and be really kind of the weirdo in the family. And, you know, it took me a while for me to be okay with being that weirdo if that's what I am. So setting those boundaries with my family members or being able to speak up or being able to be true to myself, that was also something that was a a payoff is I wasn't that was uncomfortable for me to be able to move forward with knowing that if I got well. All right. So those are some examples. This piece of that identity of this payoff is is such a big transformational piece. And this piece of this um, identity step is so powerful. And despite how uncomfortable it feels to address in the end, after releasing these payoffs and addressing them and really seeing them in front of you, you are empowered and ready to take back personal responsibility for your life. After you clean it up, it's not comfortable to go through those payoffs and work through them in that moment. I get that. But it's also something when you're done is like, okay, I get to create my life. I get to be personally responsible for it. And I feel empowered that these payoffs are no longer in control because they're running your bus right now. They're driving it. If these are whatever payoffs show up, that is what is driving your bus from you not getting well. In addition to these other things that we're identifying. Who do you want to be in control? The payoffs or do you want to be in control of your life? Next, we identify the areas that are lacking boundaries in your life. Another huge piece that hmm, not many programs address this. 
Boundaries are a big source of our stress, and if they are not addressed, you will continue the patterns around those lack of boundaries. Boundaries are not only with others, but they are with ourselves. And many people are not taught healthy boundaries from day one when they're born. Depending on your childhood, they may or may have not been taught, most likely not been taught, and we're taught to be people pleasers or take care of others before ourselves. The most common students that I have take a guess who they are, nurses. And that is when we learn about boundaries, we can understand why nurses eventually burn out from the care that they have given to others and never to themselves. I see this in business owners like myself, as well as moms uh, or people that grew up taking care of their younger siblings or parents. Boundaries can also be influenced by past trauma as well. Uh, Manipulation, you know, if you would say, you know, speak up to someone in your family and, uh, you know, they wouldn't be okay with that. They would be angry with it. You saying no, you learned really early that saying no is uncomfortable. And so you, that your boundaries are broken there of, of you weren't respecting your own boundaries of being able to say no and speak up for yourself. And that other person disrespected your boundaries of not allowing you to speak. So that starts right from the get go in a lot of parent child relationships. And for me, Boundaries were a big part of my healing. I have been helping people with their health for over 20 years. In the past, I spent 12 plus hour days at my store working with clients, never taking the time for replenishing me or even a day off. I also taught those in my family that Jenny does it all and never said no to when they asked for help or to do everything and not have me myself ask for help that I just was a doer and I did it all and I could do it better than everybody else and just let everybody else you know do their own thing because I needed it to be done a certain way lastly I needed to set boundaries with my mom all my life she had overstepped areas of my life and my choices I had to learn to stand up for what I wanted and no longer be the child that was afraid to speak up I needed to be an adult now And that took some time because once I set boundaries in all of these areas for myself, my stress and specifically that feeling of being overwhelmed and feeling, you know, under the thumb of my mom went away. I also felt so free because I was creating my life rather than creating it around someone else's. Boundaries set you free. They really do. And so it is a major component to healing Because we can do the the in-the-moment work, we can do the memory work, but if you don't set yourself up for success when you get well with determining what are these patterns that you have around boundaries, if you have a problem with boundaries, which most people that are ill do, you're going to end up with those old patterns again. So you've got to know what are your boundary patterns with yourself and with others. And if those don't get addressed, they're going to come right back and things are not going to, things are just go back to where they are now or, you know, other, other things will show up. The last area of the identity step is around generational patterns. Now you may ask, what does this have to do with healing? And it has more to do with your healing than you think. The behavioral and thinking patterns that you have today are not just from you. They come from generations before you. Genetics, in my opinion, have everything to do with the environment that has been passed on to us. The thinking and behavioral patterns that we don't even notice are there until you sit back and observe. Have you ever noticed something that you do and then realize that your mom does that too? And then you think a little further and you notice, hey, her mom does that too. 
Now, if this pattern that you notice is helpful in your life, then there's no reason to change it. But if it's a pattern that is causing stress in your life, then it must be addressed. And these patterns can be anything. The way you think about money, the spiritual beliefs that you have, your working habits, the way you communicate with others, and so much more. These generational programs can wreak havoc on your life if you don't change them. And we often think that these patterns that we don't realize are generational are part of life and we just accept them. But we don't have to accept them. In fact, when you change them, you change the generation after you for the better. An example that I personally worked on for generational patterns was letting go of control. I come from a long line of strong controlling women. Okay, I realized that this wasn't working in my life to control other people. In fact, my husband kind of called me out on it. And then he made me make the connection. You know, your mother's the same exact way. And of course, we don't like to be called out on our own mothers. But when you do this work and, you know, take that personal responsibility and say, and rather than get defensive and say, you know what, you're right. Um, I do need to change that. That's not working for me. It's not working my relationship. It's not working anywhere. And this was, uh, I realized that this wasn't working in my life to control other people. And it was a boundary issue. But ultimately, I learned that both the control and the lack of boundaries came from my mother. And there was no reason to blame her for that because she learned that from her mother as well. But I was able to identify that pattern and decided if I wanted to have it in my life or not. It's your choice. When you identify these generational patterns, you get to say, is this beneficial for me or is it not? I don't need to continue this just because it's been in my family. Family traditions, these patterns, they aren't tradition. If that tradition isn't serving you, then get rid of it. And it not only changes yourself, but if you have children, you're changing that generational pattern immediately when you change it within yourself. And that's how we change the world. Is one person at a time changing those generational patterns, deciding that this pattern isn't working, it's not serving me, it's probably a negative pattern that is showing up in other areas of our life, and we can all be better people and better world when we start to work on those patterns that have been passed down from us. As you can see, this identify step is very deep. There's many components to it. There is no surface work here. We are getting to the root of your subconscious patterns. All of these areas, your beliefs, the symptoms that you're that you're experiencing and the the events connected to that the triggers connected to that your payoffs your boundaries and your generational patterns all of this is so important and is necessary to be done and identified for true lasting healing and when students identify these patterns there are so many aha moments they're able to see all the pieces contributing to their illness Most importantly, they're able to see that it's all within them. Nothing outside of them is causing their symptoms and their body is operating exactly how it's designed based off of the patterns within the subconscious. And what is even more powerful is that if they have learned all of these patterns, they can certainly unlearn them as well. And that is where we move into step three, the release step. In the release step, we give you the tools to release all the old patterns that were identified in step two. To put this simply, we teach you how to change your perception. Your perception is the root cause to your stress and symptoms. So if you change your perception, you let go of the stress. 
you are no longer sending a stress signal to your body. So perception is the root to having stress in your body. If you have an event in your life happen and you have a person also next to you that experiences that same event, you both are going to have different perceptions. One person is going to possibly have a perception that it did not bother them at all and they moved on in their life and didn't have a problem with that event at all. So that didn't cause any conflict within their psyche and didn't affect them on a physical level at all. But in that event, with that event, if you perceive that event as being scary or being something where you felt like you were stuck or powerless or full of fear, that is your perception of that event And though that perception is what is causing the stress because from that perception, you feel those emotions and those emotions are then what is really triggering this whole stress response within the body. From this one event, two different people, two different perceptions, when you change your perception of your past events, of your triggers, of all the stuff that's going around you, you ultimately bring down the stress response in your body. And then your body then says, hey, That tiger that has been chasing us for 20 years decided to go run down a different road today. It's not chasing us anymore. And then the body says, finally, I can relax. And when the body feels safe to relax, this is when the healing phase starts. So when you relax, when you let go of all of the stressors that you identified in step two, you release it, the body now feels safe enough to relax, you start healing, then we go into step four. Step four is the rewire process. And this is where you start to implement new thinking patterns and consciously make different behavioral choices. Because when you make made the unconscious conscious, that's when things change. And all from what you have learned in step two and three, we have come all together to bring to step four. And we also incorporate some of the basic rewiring tools that are known like gratitude and visualization, but there's more than just that because to rewire, we have to basically, you know, it's rewiring is like removing an old computer file and replacing it with a new one. And the great thing is, is that with the new one, you get to consciously create what is on that file. You get to create that. So, you know, gratitude and visualization are great, uh, but there are other things that have to be done. Those conscious choices that you make with your behaviors, those conscious choices of when you have a trigger that you go, okay, that doesn't bother me anymore. I can see it this way instead. And there's no conflict that's happening within your psyche because of that. That's what rewiring is, is changing those old patterns that you used to just go on autopilot doing and now shifting and doing something else. It's important to keep in mind that the old file, you know, those with those old programs were not your fault. If you would have known the information that you learned today or from doing the work that I teach, or even better, if your parents would have known this information, things may have been different, but you can't change that now. All you can do is make the change within you. And by doing that, you not only change your life, but also the lives of those around you. I always say this work has a bonus to it that most people don't know they are getting when they sign up for it. From doing this work, their relationships change. You don't know how many times I've had students say to me, you've saved our marriage. Their marriages get better. Their kids no longer get sick. Why? Because your kids are feeding off of you. They're feeling your stress and they're ultimately doing the same thing and feeling that and it's showing through their symptoms as well. I have students ask me, how do I help my kids with this? And I say to them, help yourself. 
When you work on you, you're going to see your kids are going to completely change. My son, when I wasn't feeling well, was sick all the time. Literally from the age of like two until eight, maybe all the time sick. It would be sick for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, and maybe we got a break in the summer, but that was it. And now since I've been well, I don't remember the last time he was sick. So these are, you know, when we want to work on our children, we got to remember that it all starts with us up to a certain age, obviously, for the kids. And there are some things that we can do one-on-one for them as well. But ultimately, we, we work on us and everything shifts in that home. And life gets all around better, not just your health, but all around in general from doing this work, things get better. This is transformational work. This is mindset work. Things really shift here. So as you can hear, these four steps that I take students through is just, it's not a cookie cutter program. It's not half-assed. It is thorough, deep, transformational stuff. And who you are today and the symptoms that you're expressing cannot be changed long-term with saying daily affirmations, shoving past memories under the rug, or saying a mantra every time you have a negative thought. If you want lasting change, you have to do the deep, sometimes uncomfortable work. Every one of these steps is necessary. Healing never comes from being comfortable. Being uncomfortable is a requirement to heal. Our bodies and biology are the same, yes. But our experience in life and programs within our subconscious are very different from person to person. And what I often see with students that come to me from other programs is that they learn only to stop the stress in the current moment by redirecting their thoughts or calming their mind. While this works short-term sometimes, it doesn't teach how to deal with stressors in the future or from the past. So they may start feeling well, but as soon as stress comes in their life again, they're back to having symptoms or new symptoms. They were given tools to fix thinking patterns in the moment, but they never were taught how to manage life moving forward or how to take personal responsibility for the change they want in their life. These four steps that I teach in the Mind Body Rewire program not only transform your health, But as a bonus, they transform the way you move forward with life after you get well. You won't go back to those old patterns. And here's the truth. You don't want to go back to the normal person you were before. Those patterns that you had before you got symptoms got you to this place of quote-unquote illness. So rather than go back to normal, you get to create a new version of you, a better version of you, 2.0. So if you are ready to decode your illness and heal your life using these four steps that I just went through today, I encourage you to apply for the Mind Body Rewire program. My team and I are dedicated, big time dedicated, to helping you untangle the stress that has contributed to the manifestation of the symptoms that you are experiencing. I will include the link to apply for the program and to schedule your free 40-minute discovery call with me on the show notes. And you can also schedule by going to my website, www.themindbodyrewire.com. You can also connect with me and others that are on a healing journey using your subconscious mind in my Facebook group. You can find the group at www.themindbodyrewire.com slash group. Again, this will be in the show notes. So if you like what you heard today and want to continue learning how to keep healing simple by focusing on your subconscious mind, then please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to bringing you more information to simplify your healing next week.